Hello, everyone, and welcome to an extra special episode of Private Parts. I am so excited to be launching this six-part series of bonus episodes, which are going to feature a range of voices from the LGBTQ plus community to share and celebrate love in all of its forms. Now, as part of the podcast series, we also want to shine a light on an incredible charity we're working with called the Albert Kennedy Trust, AKT. Now, AKT is a national LGBTQ plus charity that provides support and housing for those experiencing homelessness, abuse or rejection. So if you have any time, please go and check them out as they are doing such amazing, vital work and any support you're able to give would be amazing. Now, these bonus episodes are produced in collaboration with the gourmet vegan sweet brand Candy Kittens. Yes, I'm founder. They are delicious and the ever popular Love Sweet range, which is available now. Today on the podcast, we have Trev, who's the London Services Manager for AKT, the Albert Kennedy Trust. They are coming on very kindly, giving us some of their time. So we're super excited to welcome Trev to the podcast. Trev, welcome to Private Parts. Have you ever done a podcast before? Yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry. Well, <laughs> all right. Straight out the I barrel. My, that... my own podcast. You did? Not in the UK, but yeah. Whereabouts was it? In France. It, it was like a kind of... Radio bus thing. So, tu parles français? Oui. I don't speak French. I was just. (laughs) (laughs) Where else in France did you live? Nantes, like West France. So, near Biritz? No, that's sort of southwest. It's kind of like a three hour drive west from Paris. Wow, amazing. Yeah. I always say France is one of the most beautiful places. It's pretty gorgeous. It's insane. The food is amazing. People dress well. The countryside in France is just one of the greatest. Yeah, that's where I lived in the countryside. We used to like grow our own vegetables and stuff. Like make our own wine. Sorry, why did you move from there? (laughs) I came to London to work for AKT. Okay. (laughs) The big city, the lights. The big city was calling me. The big city was calling me. I'm arriving. Here we go. Yeah. Now... Today you're here, we're doing this amazing series, as you know, and as yes. the listeners know, with Candy Kid and Loves, I got the packet right here, actually, if you want to. Yeah, it's beautiful. I love the, I love the design. It's, it's amazing. Astronauts, who was on the last episode, who created it for us, they just did such an amazing job. It's incredible. We're also, in collaboration with, we're donating to the Albert Kennedy Trust, yeah. AKT, um, which you are a part of. So I want to hear what your role is. I want to hear about the charity, explain everything, take as long as you want. Because we want to hear everything. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, first of all, you know, thanks for the donation because every little bit makes a difference and totally. it's, it's huge to us. And also, not only that, but raising awareness of what we do is like fundamental to keep going. Mm-hmm. So, I work as like the London Services Manager. We have multiple teams because so we're like a national charity. Mm-hmm. So, we have offices in Bristol, Newcastle, Manchester, and London, and then we have a digital team as well. So we try and cover all bases. Really important to be able to offer support to people that are in those really isolated areas. You know, that like there's like someone young growing up thinking they might be queer or trans, and there's like no one around them that they can relate to. Mm. It's really important to have that. So in London, we do like so many different things. Mm. Um, we work with 16 to 25 year olds. Mm-hmm. Uh, LGBTQ community a lot of it is people that are in hostile environments so would that be abusive could be yeah and it is really common sadly in the work that we do a lot of the time it's people that are you know because people need at some point 
can't hide who they are anymore. Yeah, I can and imagine. And as they kind of like edge towards adulthood and start making decisions for themselves and gaining autonomy and agency, they want to go and live their lives as, as the person that they are. And that is understandable and quite often coming out or perhaps being outed sometimes by other people. It's sad that we have we live in a situation where people are scared to be outed, mm. like scared to be themselves in public, but it also should be like their choice to do it. Mm. But yeah, a lot of the younger groups, so like the 16 plus, they're people that are coming to us whose parents or family have found out about their sexuality or gender. They're not accepting of it and they've either been kicked out or asked to leave so it's a lot of dealing with very vulnerable people in hostile environments and trying to help them find safer places and if they can't find safer places straight away then find communities and link up with communities because having a network of people around you who are either have experienced something similar or are going through something similar Mm. or just knowing other people can like save your life, you know, mm. in the, in a moment when you're really struggling. Well, what what year was the charity founded? Eighty nine. Yeah. Really? Yeah. So it was founded in Manchester by Kath Hall, who's an ally, uh, foster carer, mm. who saw kind of um, queer people around her, queer young homeless people struggling and being discriminated against in the system ultimately mm. so she founded the albert kennedy trust obviously albert kennedy's an actual person mm-hmm. uh, a young gay man in manchester who sadly you know died because of not having access to his needs really yeah that's how it started and it's mad to think really from 89 until now 2023 it's only like progress has been made but it's not permanent and yeah the demand for our services just grows and grows and grows. Mm-hmm. Like um, when you'd think it would actually kind of be a bit more the other way around, but it doesn't. Because you would think it would get easier, right? It would get better, not easier, but better, right? There would be yeah. more support and understanding and, and things should be changing. We should be adapting and we live, it's, it's bizarre to me, right? And being incredibly naive to the situation. You know, I'm a straight white male, right? Mm. And, and so I've had, in terms of understanding my sexuality or gender, I've had a pretty easy ride. I haven't questioned or, or haven't understood myself in lots of different ways. And so from my side of things, well, surely we live in a situation in a, where everyone's accepted, but it's just not the case, is it? No, I mean, no, it's not. But also the truth is that there's loads, loads more allies, loads more people existing in the world that do support LGBTQ communities. But the more of them you get, it's like the more of an uprising you'll get as well. Do you know what I mean? Like, so someone will always come to meet it and come against it. And it's never going to exist that everybody accepts it. And we have to just keep keep supporting each other. The charity is amazing that it supports these people who uh, are either being kicked out or being abused or whatever it is. How sort of young are some individuals that call the charity and, and how? what is the sort of age range would you sort of suggest? It, so it's 16 to 25. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah. And we do get, I mean, we get quite a lot of seven, 16, 17, 18 year olds. Majority of people are 18 plus. Um They've got to that age where they're making decisions. And don't get me wrong, I gave you like one example yeah. of what it can be. We, you don't have to be 
experiencing abuse or be in a hostile environment to come and use our resources and our services. We're actually like open to anyone 16 to 25 from the LGBTQ community that is struggling with housing. And like actually with the cost of living crisis and the way the rental prices are, especially in London. It's crazy. It's crazy. Actually some people just need support because we have funding available for people to use and on rent and deposit and travel yeah. and stuff. So Okay, when, when a 16, 17, 18, whatever year old phones up, how does the process happen? So who do, you, you phone up the charity, you phone up the Albert Kennedy Trust, wh- who do you get through through to and how does the process work? So actually we have a website. Mm-hmm. <laughs> as much as you probably could find someone, it's better to get in touch online. Um, we have like a get help page and a live chat that's open from 10 till 5. Mm-hmm. So if someone has any questions or something or they're not sure, they can get in touch with one of our amazing kind of workers who will give them some advice and they could perhaps direct them towards a referral form. Um, also, other people like other professionals, you know, it's important as professionals to look after young people and keep an eye out and other other people can make referrals in with consent you know Mm -hmm. someone they're concerned about who might be a bit too nervous to make the referral themselves Mm -hmm. but also as someone under 25 and I always use the term young person but these are young adults you know Mm. like I think sometimes I don't know how that washes with people under 25 but I think it might rile some people up. <laughs> yeah. I think it does. Yeah, I it's like I'm literally 23, so call me a young person. Like, you can also just refer yourself directly. Yeah. And, you know, someone will meet with you and do an assessment. If it's an emergency and someone's sleeping outside, yeah. you know, we need to get that person housed as soon as possible. And we have funding for that kind of thing. So as long as it's safe, we'll be able to find somewhere for them like it, that night. Really. But it must be, you must have so many barriers, right, that you're hitting. In yeah. terms of what you can do, what you can't do, you know, 16 years old, I imagine, right, this is, again, my naivety, is because you can, at 16, you can sort of, you're not a child, so you can make decisions on yourself, is that right? No, sadly. That's not. It's a bit of an in-between area, which is why we cover that age range. So how do you uh, cover that, then? You Ultimately, in terms of, like, you know, legally, you have to, it is the responsibility of the social services to look after someone under 18 who's experiencing abuse of any form yeah so you'd you'd have to advocate for them through the social services but what's important is that even if you can't help someone directly that you're advocating for them Mm. and being like seeing this person who's like entering into a system which is like so confusing something they've never come across before like entering into this the system of the local authorities and the care services and like the homelessness system it's really really intimidating and there's so much law and legislation and people don't know their own rights so that kind of stuff and just being an open ear and making sure they're connected and just really advocating them, helping along with the process, mm. like for, for younger people. Yeah, because I think the, the that kind of situation must be really hard. And, and I imagine you must get a lot of requests or emails or phone calls or whatever it is. And to find housing for lots of people or to, to put funding in the right place, that is a real challenge. Yeah. You know, especially because I imagine like a lot of charities, you're probably underfunded. Yeah. Um, and, you know, one of the biggest challenges is is finding affordable space like it's we've got funding available for people and we use it all the time Mm. we have this thing called a rainbow starter pack it's to fund someone on their first month's rent and deposit for a a room share house share wow so that's what happens so you have a this rainbow package and that's a first so it's a deposit and first month's rent yeah give them like a bit of a 
platform, a bit of a boost and let them use their first paycheck on something else, something nice for their room, do you know what I mean? Yeah. um, So uh, that must be the hardest. So finding... Finding the places is the hardest thing. Wow. Yeah. So how do you work around that then? As the London services manager, one of the things I'm doing is like constantly trying to find new pathways and new resources and I'm really hoping to build up a kind of resource of landlords and estate agents that we can use, that we can connect to, that are allies that support the services and hopefully go through them. Otherwise, I mean, you're just out there like everyone else trying to find a flat. It's a competitive market out there. Mm. So it just takes a whole load of effort. And if you're working full time, like when are you supposed to do that? But I mean... It's it's more about just guiding someone through the process because everyone goes through that, really. It's more about just guiding and helping to find them. And, and we also do a lot of work with local authorities. So mm. for those who are, you know, very vulnerable and don't have any money and uh, don't have any support, they, they might be entitled to help from the, the council, from the local service. So we do a lot of work getting them in touch and advocating and communicating. Yeah, I totally get it. But I, I also just imagine in these situations that mental health comes into play, right? Because when you're... 100%. You know, I, I, and, I, and I'm just curious because if you're struggling or have been struggling with your sexuality or gender, whatever it is, you're being ridiculed, you're being abused, whatever it is, you know, people must be struggling really hard and to build someone back up from that so do does the charity help with therapy or mental health situations as well yeah i mean we don't directly offer mental health support but we work with other we partnership you know with other yeah um organizations that do mm-hmm. um it is you're right absolutely huge part of it and thinking of things holistically is like a good way to think of it anyway and it's not as simple as, oh, you're out of the hostile situation, so you're okay. You're actually very likely to have an extreme, like, decline after that. Uh, well, PTSD it, kicks in, right? Yeah, just post-traumatic stress. Uh, just processing everything, can, it's really important to try and have someone to go through that with because if you don't get that help when you need it, the chances are it's going to lead on to other more complex things as well. You know, it could be addiction or like al- yeah. alcohol and drug abuse or pe- perhaps it will perpetuate like mental health issues and you're more likely to come back into the homelessness system that way and really when people are so young if you can get the support in place to offer them you know as much as they're like willing to do and want to do and need at that time they've got a higher chance of thriving sooner mm. and not falling back into the system that's what's really important can you share some stories, some positive stories? Because I think what happened, you know, in this situation, especially with the podcast, we talk about the charity and what amazing work it's doing and, and the struggles that people are having, but there must be some amazing stories of people who have come in and they've just thrived and just done some great things. Can you share any of those? Yeah. <laughs> just don't put me on the spot. Yeah, yeah. I, hey, listen, <laughs> I'm not putting you on the spot or anything. I do, we do see people yeah. succeed really well and actually... and. What we do, what's, I think something that's really great is having opportunities for young people to give back as well and to get involved in other things. We have a youth engagement programme and that can be like a space to like sit once a fortnight and just talk about stuff and eat pizza. Or also you can, do, you know, start forming like a young people panel, start thinking about like how you want things to be shaped and we'll consult those people about the decisions that we make Mm. and you know it's really important that what we do is informed by 
the people that use our service. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, what's the point? Because mm. it, it, they have to be able to tell us what they want and we have to be able to try and deliver that. And so people can be on panels and help us hire and make choices for our recruitment and then also get on the board. And you know, that kind of stuff's like really important and it like feeds back in and they're building their experiences. So we get to see the people that have come in homeless and, you know, really so at an absolute what they consider to be like a rock bottom and they've built their way up and then you wow. see them drop in like a year or so later and they're, they're doing, you know, really well and, and living. And I think just having that, it's sometimes people need lots of different things. Yeah. So sometimes they do just need money, like simple as, do you know what I mean? Sometimes it's just like, if I don't have enough money to get to the, this point, I'm going to start really struggling. Mm. And that can give someone just a really quick and simple solution to keep going yeah um gives a break it's almost like a break in that moment that just really helps them isn't it yeah yeah because people just out there living paycheck to paycheck like and it's it's, that washing machine which you just can't get out of you're stuck in it boom 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 yeah it's like if you're paying a thousand pounds for your rent when you're 20 years old what are you how are you gonna crazy But um, it's crazy. It is. Do you get frustrated personally that people don't even know that this is going on in the world and how important it is to raise awareness to the charity you work for and what people in the community are going through? I don't get frustrated because, you know, I've grown up queer and trans, so it would be a waste of time for me to get frustrated. (laughs) Um, But why? But why would it be a waste of time to get frustrated? Because I think I, I would... I get frustrated at way smaller things. Yeah. So you must be incredibly patient or understanding or empathetic or whatever it is not to become frustrated. I think it's just, you've just got to meet people where they're at, you know, like not everyone knows about it. Not everyone knows why it should exist. Some people with the best intentions are just shocked that something like that should, something like this should exist in these days, but Mm. it does, you know, and there's very, people come from very many different walks of life and they can't all be expected to know. I think what's important is that once you have the information that you do the right thing with it. Mm. So like once you become aware, like make others aware and also actively live your life in a way that supports others like that. Consider that, you know, in your daily life. That's a great message. I think sometimes we're innately selfish, right? Unless yeah. unless we personally are experiencing it or we know someone is saying that, sometimes we just glide through life without even thinking about these situations. What is the best way someone can help out and get in touch and be a part of AKT if they wanted to be? Yeah, great. So our website's brilliant it's got loads of resources as well for people that want to know more but also we have just launched our summer campaign queer joy Mm. and you know the the idea behind that is that in order to live authentically as like your true self and start like exploring your your gender or your sexuality it needs to start with a, a stable environment and that often you know where you live has to be a stable environment with people around that like let you as you are see you as you are and embrace you as you are Mm. so that's the very beginnings of accessing queer joy you know Mm. and we 
have, as part of that campaign, people can donate one-off or like a regular small donation, whatever helps. And also, if that's not possible, it doesn't matter. You can also get involved in other ways. We've got like a huge volunteer project and, you know, we'll be out there doing some of the pride marches this season, getting involved and just being present, just letting people know that we're here and yeah there's loads of different ways amazing. to help amazing we honestly couldn't be prouder to be working alongside you guys and you guys allowing us to be a part of it we think it's amazing and and this is why i love doing this podcast right because again i i learned so many different things that i just didn't know before which i think is just so important for people to know right yeah maybe it's too personal to ask but what was the reason that you started working for the charity i mean i've always been kind of working in like a care kind of system in a way. I've done, although I have done about 100 different jobs, a lot of that has been looking after kind of vulnerable people. Mm. Um, And in the beginning of lockdown, I got furloughed on my job at the time. Mm. And I was just like, rah, this isn't doing much for me. Um, I need to, I just need to work. I just like, I like it. You know, I'm driven by that kind of thing. Working for like an LGBTQ plus organisation that like, drives home the importance of the the basic needs mm. of humans felt felt right to me. And so I started and actually when I I started, two days later we went into the second lockdown. And so we were just all of us like working from home, trying to connect. We had a huge, huge amount of people referring in and it was a massively stressful time and we just wanted to help so many people and it was it was really tough because, you know, you're experiencing your own kind of isolation as well. Yeah, you're and juggling like, it all. Learning how to become like an online service too because it's not what you're used to. This kind of work quite naturally is in day centres, in offices, mm. you know, and it's a big part of looking after your well-being as a member of staff is connecting with your team. And when you lose that, what do you do? But yeah, here we are. We've worked it out. <laughs> they always say the most fulfilling thing you can do is help others. And it must be incredibly fulfilling. What you're doing and what you guys represent and the amount of people that you're touching and reaching, it goes far wider than just one individual, I imagine. You know, families are touched and friends and so much further. So I, I applaud you massively. I think it's amazing. Thanks. Yeah. And also just the whole team, you know, the the people there just working these these jobs as caseworkers, they're just absolute... And what hero? Volunteers. Again, it's just yeah. it's insane. I love it. I think yeah. it's amazing. Like I said, we're super proud to be a part of the charity and raising awareness to the community. We think it's amazing. I have one last question for you before you go. What does love mean to you? Oh, someone asked me this last year. <laughs> I'm asking you again this year. Um, really from the heart, what does it mean to you? Let me think about it. I'm not going to impulsively answer, even though I am an Aries. <laughs> um, I think I said something lame like a sunset or something. You know, what did I say? Did I say that? Oh, I said something about like marriage or something. I can't remember what I said. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's nice. It's true, though. I think the impulsive yeah, thing... What, what's uh, right for you? When I think about love, for me, it's the first thing that comes to mind. And honestly... Yeah, just something. For me, it's what I said was being in a situation with someone that you feel comfortable with, that you can be yourself with. Yeah, and that's probably that's not probably it's my wife. Um, yeah, probably my wife. <laughs> I really hope yeah, I think it's my wife. Yeah, but that you know, watching like an amazing like a for me, that's what lovers that's capturing that moment that sounds like self-love which is great you know yeah because i i also i don't know about well 
when I look at, I love nature and when I'm out in it and I see things, I feel like really connected and really grateful. Mm. And so that's like, I think, appreciation of self and other, isn't it? Mm. But yeah, for like, for like me, I definitely feel similar to you. I feel like love is acceptance and honesty and just me, like commitment and that can be demonstrated in multiple layers of friendship and and relationships and and it doesn't have to look like normative when you truly feel like someone celebrates you for who you are that feels like love you know it's a great answer. Hey, Jamie, I want to say thank you so much for being part of the podcast. We really appreciate it. You're welcome. Um, Thanks for having us. You did say that you liked our sweets, so that's a real bonus as well. So thank you so much for I liking them. Thank you so love, much. And so do all my friends. So there we go. I hope I'm getting a packet. <laughs> You're getting loads of packets. <laughs> and if you haven't tried the Canikins Loves yet, go and grab them. Thank you so much for coming to the podcast. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Um, I really hope you enjoyed hearing about Trev and the fantastic work that AKT does for the LGBTQ plus community, plus young people living in the UK. Um, it's amazing what they're doing. So I, I just cannot wait for people to find out more about it. And if you can just spare anything, any donation or any support would just be so, just do a massive thing for them. Now, to find out more about the amazing work that the Albert Kennedy Trust do, head to their website, www.akt.org.uk. We'll leave the link in the description. And if you fancy a sweet treat, check out the new Candy Kitten Loves Ashton at Sweet Range, available online now at candykittens.com. It'll be in the description below and in stores such as Sainsbury's, Waitrose, Asda and Co-op. See you next Monday for another episode. 